Hi, everybody. It's August 1st, 2018. Welcome to Native Calgarian. My name is Michelle Robinson. My spirit name is Red Thunder Woman. I was born Michelle Elliott, another very English sounding name, which has afforded me privilege in a colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene, Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellowknife Dene. My father is so Canadian that I am the daughter of a Mayflower and the daughter of the American Revolution, while I have an Indian Act imposed status card. I was born in Calgary. Why my lineage and acknowledging that lineage matters is because even though I'm native and even though I was born here, my family is not part of the Treaty 7 signatories. My indigenous nation still roots me in the land of the Hare people, uh, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island and my nation is a visitor to the area of Clinchotine Indahe or Many Horse Town named after the Calgary Stampede in my uh, Slavey Dene language. My cousins are the Satu, or uh, sorry, my cousins are the Sutina, the uh, Dene people that are in this area. I want to acknowledge that Native Calgarians being recorded on the lands of the Blackfeet Confederacy, the Blackfeet south of the Canadian-U.S. imposed border, the Blackfeet north of the border, Siksika, Ganai, and Bigani of the Confederacy. These lands are also now on Treaty 7, signed in 1877 with signatories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony Nakoda, Wesley Chiniki Bearspaw Nations, and the Sutina Sarsi Nation. We also acknowledge all the indigenous Métis, Inuit, and other nations across Turtle Island as keepers of this land that come and live and work and volunteer here. Um, any mistakes or misinterpretations are on me. I encourage questions so that they can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all indigenous, but I can share what I think I know and my perspective as I walk the red road. Um, Patreon account is Native Calgarian. Please pledge and support. Um, Kenna and Matt already signed up and I want to thank Sharon, Diana and Judy for signing up as well. If you have any questions or comments, nativeyyc at gmail.com. So let's get started. Um, I'm actually a little upset as I record this today. Um, I went to work, which is its own conversation, but when I came home from work, um, I seen a fellow who was, uh, having a hard time he was passing out on a lawn and had two friends with them and they were trying to uh, get him to go they were so close they were less than a block away from home um, but they just he was done he couldn't do it so I pulled over to see if I could help and you know they're struggling so um, eventually got them in the van took them home to their home when they were able to get him in safe in a safe space but in the meantime we had other well-meaning neighbors um, call an ambulance and, um, we had to ask them not to, to, to call. And, uh, yeah, it was really hard because the person who thought was mel well-meaning by calling was actually really awful. They were, why are people, you know, drinking that much? And, you know, I just turned to her and said, Hey, I really don't think that's helpful right now. And, um, she left a storming angry and mad and, I'm not going to lie, uh, me being native and the people being native, I know we got a very different reaction than I would have if I, if I don't, if we weren't native. And, um, 
and it was hard and it was hurtful and you could tell um that this person was afraid of us even though nobody was violent nothing it was just literally trying to get somebody into their house and um yeah it's emotional it's hurtful uh because you know people look down on you for no other reason than because you're native and uh yeah it hurts that's just that's just today and i that's not even including what happened at work uh that's not including what happened before that and uh, yeah uh, every trauma that we have to endure we are just expected to move on from and most people don't think much of it but if you've been told your whole life negative things negative stereotypes about indigenous people it's hard it hurts your soul and all i know is i just wanted a you know cousin long may long 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 lost cousin <laughs> to uh, be able to get into a safe place and the people around him to be safe as well and uh and that's hard when you're native and you're um you know <sighs> not behaving the way you're supposed to and it's just difficult because I know if that was any other kid if that was any other adult everybody would laugh it off and realize it's summer holidays like everybody else but it's a little different when you're indigenous so I'm just a little upset from that um little uh just to give you some ideas of of what my days are like you know today is the deadline for the anti-racism grant and there's so many, it's so difficult to try to fit this colonial model. I tell you, you know, the expectations, these have to be new programs. They can't be um, pre-existing ones that we've been emotionally putting all of our heart and souls into anyway. Um, I I met a reporter that was really interested in just doing a piece on, um, you know, my election run, my neighborhood, and a shooting that happened in my neighborhood, and you know, talking about Colton Crowshoe, and I was, I, I could just tell there was a potential that a story was going to be done, and Colton Crowshoe deserves his own story. Um, his family deserved to tell that story, and I really implore anybody who out there who's an Indigenous director, an Indigenous writer, an Indigenous filmmaker, please tell Colton Crowshoe's story from Colton Crowshoe's family's point of view. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of well-meaning non-natives who want to do this, but those people really need to work on what it's like being non-native and then f- learning there's two realities in, in your neighborhood. And I think that um, that is a great story for a non-native to tell. I, w- I would love to see that become a reality, but um, I just don't know if we're there yet. So speaking of which, I'm reading a book called White Fragility. Um, It's uh, actually written from um, an American, from an American point of view. And uh, the person who writes it, she's actually white and uh, has done theses on on race race relations and such as well. And I'm reading that for the simple reason that I'm finding these anti-racism conversations, it's great that there's money now finally, but... This conversation is so painfully difficult when having with people who do not present as people of color or a a different race other than white. And we need to stop this. I I don't have time for somebody's two hours tears on, you know, understanding that there's another reality here. I really need people to um, see that there's more to this and that 
you know, non-Indigenous people need to do that work. They need to figure out how to have those conversations. So these anti-racism grants, you know, literally, I think we could do a white fragility 101. Um, so I'm, I'm just hoping that there's going to be some changes there and people are going to see that they need to do some work because right now, there are some real, um, you know, neo-Nazi type movements that are on Twitter, Facebook, running for <laughs> uh, Toronto mayor. These are these are real realities. So as Indigenous people, how are we supposed to feel comfortable hearing non-Indigenous people talk about, you know, no more immigrants and, you know, the only problem we have are with people who are not from from Europe. This is really hard. And while you may not see it, people of color do. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean we don't see it. And it's it's there. And people are looking away. And that's part of that white fragility. If you're looking away at these conversations, that's the problem. We need you looking at it. We need you calling it out. We need you feeling very comfortable saying, I don't understand what the problem is. I have privilege. Um, we need to have these conversations now because our our people are dealing with um, missing and murdered Indigenous women, you know, fighting um, safe injection zones. Like these are, this is healthcare. This is actual healthcare outreach. Um, today, Indigenous people do not have, you know, anti-colonial, um, intergenerational trauma, trauma-informed counseling available to us. That's not even a thing. We talk about anti-racism grants. We just don't, we don't even have healthcare. We don't have healthcare that deals with uh, the traumas that we face daily, daily, the racism we face daily, the racism that uh, not only we've faced, our parents have faced, our grandparents have faced, to the point that we have intergenerational trauma. We're not even talking about that healthcare. I can't even get people to talk during the election about the White Goose Flying Report. I have to educate everybody about that. Um, you know, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action are very clear. They're very clear. So were the Royal, um, so RCAP is the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People. Those had over 400 recommendations. They're very clear. Um, I literally have non-Indigenous people fighting me on, well, they should have had more um, stronger policy. <laughs> wow, is that ever a comment of privilege? I don't have time for this anymore. I really need non-Indigenous to step up here, do some education, understand where people are coming from because we live it. We live in fear every day. Um, you know, I, I see numerous missing and murdered um, Indigenous uh, hashtags that go around the Twitter and Facebook every day. And if I share them, then I have to follow up on them. And the follow-up isn't always great. Like it, it's traumatizing, it's triggering. And people... You know, you wonder where your place is with your, pr your privilege. Here's a great place to do that. You know, there's there's so many Indigenous people trying to spread that word. And it's right in your backyard. And we need your help. And we need to be looking after our people. You know, people are dying from uh, drug overdoses. We need policy changes now. We need people to see, you know, safe injection sites and safe consumption sites as health care. So... You know, just as you would call the um, ambulance, you have to start seeing these things as healthcare because we're dying. We're it's a genocide, and it's a modern day genocide. And because people have this white privilege and they don't want to see the uh, racism against us, it's just building and building and building. 
We've had a couple of wins in the sense that a few people have lost their jobs over it. But at the end of the day, they're going to be able to get new jobs. And they might get a job by, you know, people who are equally supremacist as they are. And that's not going to change the fact that Indigenous people still face barriers when trying to get a job. I purposely bring up Michelle Robinson, Michelle Elliott as an intro, because those names afford me privilege, and people don't understand that. We need to start understanding that, that that's a privilege, and that's why I'm able to broadcast right now to you so that you can listen. Um, nativeyyc at gmail.com. If something I'm saying here is not making sense to you, send me a, a message because this like, we need to start having dialogue about it. If you want to be a guest star on my show, send me a message. I'd love to have you on. Um, so some of the other things that um, I want to talk a little bit about is um, the diversity outreach, October, or sorry, August 16th. Uh, for those who don't not, who don't know me, I work for a nonprofit called Twelve Community Safety Initiative, and uh, we work on crime prevention and education. And over ten years ago, the committee had found that there were certain questions that they could ask um, people who identified from diverse communities. And from that, they were able to go into the police station and do some education with the police. So we're doing a follow-up on those questions now. And August 16th is, um, you know, a face-to-face one-on-one. That said, if uh, you want to look on 12 CSI's uh, Facebook page, you can see the four questions. You can send them to me if you have um, things that you'd like to say about that and uh, and, and you just want that in, um, to be anonymous. Uh, that would be great. So please consider doing that. Um I talked a little bit last time about the sexual exploitation prevention education for Indigenous girls by Dr. Dustin Louie. Uh, I gave a link. I was wondering if anybody out there had, you know, looked at it, thought about it, or know of some uh, crime prevention strategies that's already happening in your area, in your res that you want to call attention to. If there's maybe an organization that's doing some good work, I'd love to hear about what that is and and share that because I think that um, we do need more um, education for people and we need to start looking at a prevention lens and I hope that we can you know move forward a bit on that Uh, there was a little bit of conversation now about the October 4th Sisters in Spirit vigil happening so I'll give an update as I know what's happening with that Um, now on some maybe some lighter topics I've been having a ton of fun ton of fun the last few days and um you know I had to vent a little bit to let go some of that trauma that I seen today but aside from that it's been hot hot in Calgary and I've been enjoying that I went out to Chestermere Lake jumped in there there was some freshwater (laughs) shrimp so yeah that's uh it was cold refreshing and then of course you have to wash up right away because that's just smelly the next day I don't know if you know I'm a I used to be really active in the scuba dive committee or community and um once upon a time there was a place called uh pine coulee and we had an experience with uh, freshwater shrimp and uh oh it just stunk up our car they they were on our tank on our on our gear and they somehow fell to where the spare tire was and our just our car stunk so bad 
but it was a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, that's what that reminded me of. So I definitely want to get out there with my girl and start teaching her how to snorkel and hopefully get her uh, scuba diving here soon. And yeah, and then have some fun in the water with everybody. Um, yeah, so if you're if you're a scuba diver, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, NativeYYC at gmail.com. Uh, remember teaching Siksika um, fire department when they were doing their open water. My husband, uh, he's a scuba dive instructor and I was his dive master and man, we had a ton of fun. And, um, my friend is from Nunavut. He's here. He's uh, a firefighter in, uh, Cambridge Bay. And we've been talking about what that might look like to get him all suited up and, uh, certified and what that might look like for his volunteer fire department up there too. So, my senior uh, fire truck that's all painted up and going to be heading up to you, Cambridge Bay, and definitely thinking about you. And I'm super excited for the for that truck to get there. And um, I know my friend, as soon as he it, it does get there, he'll be telling me all about it. So um, right now he's with us. He's uh, he's been here since Saturday. We went out to Drumheller, had a wonderful time seeing all of the uh, you know the museum and uh, talking about that, and then. Uh, we were just driving home and he seen a helicopter and he said, come on, let's go. And I took my very first helicopter ride ever. And it was, you know, I, I'm actually afraid of heights. So I wasn't too sure if I was going to make it at all. And, um, yeah, you're, you're seat belted in and there's not much for, <laughs> I don't know. And I was pretty, I was pretty scared. Uh, we got up there and, you know, I'm looking around and, I felt it. I was definitely afraid, but man, it was just such an overwhelming, amazing experience to see the ground. We were at 4,000 feet and uh, I got to see that uh, Horseshoe Canyon from from the air. It's breathtaking to see the Badlands from that point of view. Um, You know, I haven't even done any hiking or anything in that area. I don't know what is uh, private or public land there, but man, I would love to go for some more walking in or more walks in those areas because they're just it was so beautiful and so incredible. And I know Alberta, Southern Alberta, especially, we just have everything like badlands. We have mountains, we have um, buffalo jumps. There's, you know, we have the Waterton area, Banff area, um, Jasper. I, I mean, it's so beautiful. I can't even possibly explain how beautiful this area of the world is. So I know people from all over come when my husband and I were out teaching scuba diving in uh, Minnewanka, we'd have tourists from all over. Ten, they spend tens of thousands of dollars to come here. And it's just right here. And, you know, we get to pick sage and, and, and enjoy our lives. And I'm so grateful for that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm thinking about you, none of it. And I hope one day I can get up there. Um, we went last night to Cowboys and we met some friends that were passing through from the AFN and have some new friends now from that and just had a wonderful time. I'm really grateful. I got to see my friend Kevin from uh, Old Beardy and, um, yeah, really, really happy to see him. You know, he, he designed a logo I literally have tattooed on me now and, uh, yeah, it's fun to show him that and to show him, uh, you know, how things have evolved and yeah, just talk politics in general. He's a counselor there now, but, um, I met him through the liberal party. We, he was a uh, former co-chair for, for the, uh, Aboriginal people's commission before it was the indigenous people's commission. 
And that's where I got to meet him and we've had fun in um, Winnipeg and uh, Montreal and, you know, I've got to host him here. We've done by-elections down on the blood and yeah, it's been a hell of an adventure with my friend Kevin and I'm really excited about seeing him and I hope to see him again soon. Really proud of him. He started a two-spirit parade in Old Beardy. So there's so much to celebrate and talk about that's good too and I'm just enjoying the heat. So I just want to encourage people if you're interested in, uh, you know, reaching out. A lot of people want to pick my brain. And yeah, I am i don't know how to respond to that anymore. I hope that you're listening to the Patreon or listening to this and, and maybe subscribing to our my Patreon because I just, I think I'm overexhausted with meeting people who just want to pick my brain. Um, if you want to meet me, you're more than welcome to join me at the Diversity Outreach on um, August 16th at 12 CSI's office at 6.30 or at Chapters and Chat August 20th and that's at the Forest Lawn Library downstairs also at 6.30 and uh, originally we had it scheduled for um, the child welfare component the first calls to action for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission but a lot of the people that were reading last month's book uh, Indigenous Rights by Chelsea Vowell wanted to continue that conversation so there's probably two things that we'll be talking a bit about and going from there. So I really encourage you to come to Chapters and Chat if you want to learn more about Indigenous-Canadian relations in regards to reconciliation. If you have questions because you can't, uh, nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send me questions, comments, and we'll go from there. And again, I just want to say thank you, Sharon, Diane, and Judy for signing up and becoming a patron uh, subscriber. I know I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, this, this stuff isn't free to be able to talk like this. And yeah, I'm hoping that people are learning uh, a little more about our perspective and it's uninterrupted, which is such a nice change. Um, I used, I find I can't even get a thought out anymore without it, um, you know, being disregarded in general. So, you know, disregarded or, or questions, I don't, I, I don't mind questions. I don't mind thoughtful, engaging questions. But if it's like, a, well, I don't know, then you're just dismissing me. And I don't want to uh, waste my time anymore. Um, NativeYYC at gmail.com. My patron is Native Calgarian. Pledge and support there. And I want to thank my hubby for helping me, you know, do this and, and put this out there and um, be willing to put out podcasts and I'm hoping for our next one uh, you'll be able to hear a little more from my friend who is uh, from Nunavut and if you have other people that would be interested in being on my podcast I'd love to talk to them and uh, go from there so thank you all for listening today and we'll talk to you soon nativeyyc at gmail.com uh, native calgarian talk to you later bye